Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. We also have our producer, Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations, helping us today in behind the scenes. So I am excited about today's podcast because I recently read a book called Conscious Accountability, and we now have a couple of the authors here to talk to us today. So we have David Tate and Marianne, Mary Ann Pantalone. Welcome, David and Marianne. Thank you so much, Christina. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy to join. Excellent. Well, let's start uh, sharing a little bit about your background with our listeners. Let's start with David and then we'll go to Marianne. Sure. So um, I grew up in upstate New York and um, uh, I ended up becoming a clinical psychologist. And the way that happened was I realized when I was... um, in junior high that I liked, um, I would have conversations with, with other peers, um, on the bus in homeroom, they'd be sharing their, um, their challenges with their parents or the argument they got into with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And I didn't do much other than listen. Um, but then they would say like, wow, thanks. That was really helpful. And I thought, what did I do? Um, I just, I just listened, but turns out that felt really gratifying and turns out there's a whole profession where you can, you know, utilize your presence and, uh, being with people in order to, to help, uh, make lives better. So, um, ended up, uh, training to be a clinical psychologist and, um, and then found the world of, um, coaching and consulting and found that really, um, compelling. And so now these days do, uh, a mix of, of, um, teaching, uh, coaching and consulting, um, in, in our firm, conscious growth partners, um, and still do a little bit of clinical work as well. So I have a, a a nice portfolio of stuff I get to do, which I really enjoy. So that's a little bit of, a little bit of background. Awesome. Marianne. Um, so I too, like David, I am a, um, licensed clinical psychologist and working as a consulting psychologist now. Um, my specialties are interpersonal dynamics and team effectiveness. And within that is a lot of accountability, which is what we're going to be talking about today. I absolutely love working with groups and teams. I think, um, because I was born in Queens, New York, the youngest of six, a large family. And so right away had, um, the joys and challenges of being part of a group. Um, and I think that's informed sort of my affinity towards working with groups and teams. And I do that now in various settings um, with our consulting firm that David and Tate have, Conscious Growth Partners, um, also here down the road at Yale with the, in the School of Management, the School of Medicine, um, yeah, and just various other contexts. And I would say my passion is good design. Um, so I had the pleasure of studying instructional design with ATD. And that was fantastic um, information and learning in, in writing the book that we put out. Um, what else can I tell you? What do people say about me? They'll, they'll tell you, Marianne goes there. If you're going to have coffee or tea or a chat with me, often there'll be like 
tears or embraces. (laughs) You know, they say I'm sort of good at creating safe spaces where people can have courageous conversations. um, And that really is what, you know, fulfills me, um, fills my heart. Um, Mm. Yeah, so that's about it. it. Yes. Well, and our topic today is one of my favorite ones. I think if we were more accountable to ourselves and to others in the world, I mean, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> so let's, let's level exactly. set first. I know. So let's level set first with, um, before we get into conscious accountability, how do you define accountability? Well, in, in a broad sense, if you kind of look up what accountability means in the dictionary, we've, it, it's things like um, being responsible for something, um, being answerable to someone else, um, you know, required to explain um, that that kind of thing. So, um, which you know, which is which is pretty basic, and um, we found that there you know, that, that traditional definitions of accountability actually can, can be, um, counterproductive in some ways to, um, actually people feeling like they want to be accountable or, you know, being willing to truly be accountable to other people and themselves. So, um, but that's sort of a, you know, a, a more, a more narrow, but traditional definition. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if I could just build on that a little bit, you know, I did a lot of reflection, obviously, about accountability and writing the book. And um, when I thought about it, really, the heart of accountability to me is um, that it's a behavioral expression of caring and love. Mm. And like you said earlier, what we need more of in this world, like when you hold someone accountable... It's, it's an act of investing in that person. You're saying to that person, I believe in you. I have confidence you, confidence in you. I trust that you can do this and I, I need you to do this. In my heart of hearts, I know you can. I'm not letting you off the hook. And also being accountable, you know, means you matter to me. You know, you're, you're, you're communicating that I understand this is important to you and I'll make it a priority and do my best to follow through. Mm, Yeah. Now I almost hate to ask this question because I mean, it's, I, I think it's just kind of, I don't want to say obvious, but, (laughs) but I would love to hear your answers for this. Why does accountability matter? Marianne, do you want to take us, you want to go for that one first or do you want me to jump in? Um, go ahead, David, you jump in. Okay. So, um, well, there's, there's a lot of important reasons why accountability matters. Um, first of all, um, you know, when we're accountable, when we do what we say that we're going, you know, say what we will do, you know, when we follow through, we, we build trust with other people. So accountability is really at the heart of good relationships because, um, you know, we can either strengthen relationships by being accountable or we can kind of weaken those ties by not being accountable. Yeah. So, um, so that's uh, in my mind, a a big thing. And, and related to that is also, um, you know, without accountability, um, 
we, our results suffer our, you know, it's hard to get, yeah, it's hard to get things done. It's hard to, um, reach our goals or, or be successful without some kind of, um, you know, accountability there. Um, so, so those are, those are two of the, the things, um, that come to mind and there are definitely some others. I'll, I'll pass it over to Marianne. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just boils down to human beings are social animals by nature. And Mm -hmm. at the heart of that is being accountable, being able to rely on each other. So if you just think of it simply as if you were going to be dropped in the middle of some difficult terrain, like, you know, the tundra or the rainforest, would you like to be dropped alone or um, with someone else? No. And would you like that to be an accountable person or someone who is not accountable? You know, <laughs> preferably someone who has survival experience. No, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Now, um, I, I I love how y'all brought. I, I almost want to call it the the human element into accountability through conscious accountability. So, so much so that you know, I've already read the book myself. <laughs> so can you share what exactly is the concept of conscious accountability? Well, the idea here is that consciousness and conscious awareness really allows us to do accountability better, to be more accountable. Um, and we can think of consciousness in a couple of ways. We can think of that in terms of being aware of ourselves of our own needs, of our own values, of what really matters to us. When we're in touch with that, when we're aware of those things, we can be clearer with other people about what we expect and what we need. And that allows for um, accountability to, to be, um, you know, to, to be more open, to be, um, to be easier to, to be accountable under those um, conditions. Um, similarly, awareness includes being aware of others. Um, when we are more aware of each other, of what, what other people need, what they value, what's, what's important to them, then we can be more responsive to those needs and to be more accountable to them. And then the other way consciousness um, plays in is sort of the, the interdependencies that exist between ourselves and other people and the ways in which um, you know, um, our actions and inactions affect other people. When we're aware of that, of those things, again, we can be, um, uh, we can do accountability in a much better way. Um, that's, that's more thoughtful. That's more connected. Um, so, um, so that's, you know, why we think consciousness makes a, a, a big difference with accountability and, um, and our definition of conscious accountability is, um, expanding awareness, um, to create deliberate intentions, Mm -hmm. which allow us to take informed actions and be more responsible for our impact. So, so that's, you know, kind of in a nutshell, some of how we think about conscious accountability, um, as just as being a little different from just being responsible, um, for, for something. So Marianne, what, what else do you want to say about that? Yeah. And really like the term conscious accountability, it's, it's a more, um, aware definition of accountability. It's really, it's nothing that isn't, that is new. It's, it's saying what is true. 
right? So what is true about accountability is it is a collective effort. It's the, I think it's the wish that we could be individually accountable and pull ourselves up and take care of things on our own. But the truth is, and sometimes the painful truth, is that we are impacted and influenced by so many things, majority of which are beneath the surface. So it's really just saying what is true about accountability. And when, you know, who is it? Um, Mr. Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers. He yes. said something like, when something is, um, anything that is human is mentionable. And when you mention something, it becomes manageable. So we're sort of just like speaking the truth of what accountability actually is, this more nuanced, complex oh, absolutely. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love, um, and I know we have limited time and we want people to read the book, obviously. Um, but I love the model, the connect model that was presented. Can y'all just share about that on a high level? Who would like to go first on that? Um, I'm happy to jump in real quick. So basically, one of our aims was in writing the book, you know, there's a lot, accountability gets discussed a lot, but, mm -hmm. but um, we wanted to provide folks a roadmap for how do you actually create it. And so we introduce the Connect framework, which are seven practices mm -hmm. that, that anyone can, can do and learn um, to help in, in continually work on and improve one's own larger practice of account of conscious accountability. Um, so, um, you know, briefly those, um, practices are, um, and again, the seven practices that spell connect. So the first is mm -hmm. creating clarity. Uh, the second is opening up engagement. The third practice is nailing it. The fourth practice is noticing the fifth practice is exchanging feedback. The sixth is, um, claiming it. And the seventh is trying again. So, um, uh, so I'll, I'll just leave it there. And I don't know if, if there's any of those you want to hear a little more about. Um, I'll, I can pass it over to Marianne and she, she can fill in some more detail on that if you'd like. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a little overview of each of them. Um, well, yeah, before I, like there's something on top of my mind though, um, just mm -hmm. to say about the, the model overall, like what I want your listeners to know is that it's not um, prescriptive. Mm -hmm. Actually, the hope is that individuals will internalize these practices and add their own flavor to it or their own behaviors, you know, their own way of looking at things. We certainly do provide a lot of um, suggestions, but that's exactly what they are, suggestions. And you don't need to do it in order. Um, really, the idea is that it pre it provides like a safe scaffolding to have some of the conversations and do some of the things that are often hard. The things we think should be easy, getting work done, having healthy relationships, but are endlessly difficult <laughs> because we are human beings and human beings are walking bags of assumptions and paradoxes we're messy. and contradictions. <laughs> yes. We're messy. We're messy. <laughs> yeah. So we're messy. And um, this is sort of a, a, uh, I don't really, really like a, a, a fallback, like it's a safeguard. Like when you have to do the hard things, you can 
just use conscious accountability. Like, okay, we're, we're committed. We're going to try to get better accountability. So we're learning and we're going to muck it up and that's okay. And we can kind of look to these practices like, you know, clarity, are we getting clarity and, you know, what are we noticing? And then at the end, you just get to try again. So it makes it a little safer, a little bit easier to engage in some of, some of those difficult tasks. Yeah. I love that trying again, right? Being vulnerable, <laughs> being open with each other. Yeah. Now, some folks may want like, so what is, what would be nailing it? Yeah. Nailing it is really um, doing what you say you'll do, mm. um, which, you know, is often associated with accountability or integrity. Um, and again, it sounds easy enough, but we live in a world with lots of competing commitments yes. and lots of kind of pop-up priorities that, um, that land in our lap at the last minute that often threaten to derail us from the things that we said we were going to do. So how do we manage in a world that, that operates that way? How do we, um, operate in our relationships with integrity, um, even in the face of all of these things that make it difficult sometimes? Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, big part of nailing it is really, um, understanding yourself and others and how you like mm -hmm. to approach work. So especially new hires or teams come together, um, and they bring with them their work practices, which have worked for them well in previous environments. And they assume that's going to work well here. And so there could be a lot of frustration, a lot of rub, a lot of tension um, without sort of activating that knowledge without first having the conversation about how are we going to work together? Not just what is the work we need to do. Yeah. And what about claiming it? That might be something that people are, what? Right. So claiming it is really about um, taking responsibility for the results, whatever the, whatever the results may be. Now, in order to do that, you actually have to know what the results were. So it's helpful to kind of measure, kind of, you know, have some way of sort of tracking kind of, what, you know, how we're doing. Um, but then to really um, review kind of what happened with that and with an eye towards what can we learn. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what went well, what didn't go so well, um, being willing to say, you know, yep. Um, th you know, um, well, first of just share credit, like for the things that do go well to sort of be able to, you know, sh share that with others. And when things didn't go well to sort of acknowledge that, acknowledge your role in it and then, you know, say, all right, what do we, what, based on all this, what do we learn? And, and how can we um, bring that learning forward into our future actions? Yeah. Well, I, and I love this too, because traditionally, when you think of accountability and, and maybe perhaps other accountability books, it's about holding people to task. Yeah. Right? Right. And this one includes like uh, skills of self-awareness, right? Awareness of others, growth mindset, turning things into a learning opportunity. Um, so I really love the depth. Now, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about conscious accountability other than, of course, they need to go read the book? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a, in some ways, it's, it's, it's certainly something that helps, um, you know, in, in all human relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's certainly applicable to your, to your work life, but it's also applicable to your, home life, your family life, your community service or your community activities. Um, you know, we, we, you know, any place where we're, 
working with or interacting or engaging with other people to, to get things done. You know, our, our, our hope is that, you know, the, the, the book could offer, um, support for how we can do that in a way that gives us better outcomes, but also feels better. Um, yeah. and that, and that actually yeah. builds relationships instead of, um, you know, taxes them and, and, and phrase them. Nice. I was going to say not just a- applicable, integral, right? For mm. productive and fulfilling relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Marianne. Yeah. I'm thinking about your listeners and, um, I, I think this book could re- be very helpful. This, this concept, this framework for individuals who are, um, developing, who are, who are getting promoted. So like, for yeah. example, um, in the tech industry, you can have a programmer who's, you know, doing excellent work and that then gets promoted to a manager position. And now their work is completely different and they're no yeah. longer coding. They're managing people. And many individuals find that extremely difficult and especially the accountability part. They don't want to become that person. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, and this is a way that accountability can actually be joyful. It can be yes. fun. It can be collective. It, it can, you know, you can have both. You can have the accountable, um, you know, results driven culture with the compassionate, fun, you know, good feeling. Like yes. it is possible that both can exist um, because many times people get promoted and it's just overwhelming and too hard. And they end up asking to become, you know, an individual contributor. They leave the position. I'm done. I can't Um, do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. I'm going back. It's much easier. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this is sort of one, one tool that they could use to hopefully help in that professional development as they move into the managing the people pieces. Oh, absolutely. Jobs. I'm, I'm, of course, a big fan. I think it's something that everyone should be reading because uh, oh, accountability is <laughs> very, it, it, beca- it comes a lot more natural when you focus on that relationship building and, you know, mm-hmm. clearly communicating and setting expectations and all of that. So, so before we get to rapid fire, can you share a little bit about how listeners can get a hold of this? Well, um, one good way is you can, um, uh, Go to uh, Amazon, of course. Um, you can find find the book there. You can also find out more information on our website, which is www.consciousgrowthpartners.com. Nice. Okay. Time has flown by. <laughs> sure has. <laughs> I know. So we are at that part of the episode where we like to do rapid fire questions. Short answers. Not too difficult, hopefully. Are you all okay. ready? Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with Marianne. What is one book that everyone must read, obviously, except for, you know, in addition to Conscious Accountability (laughs) and why? Yes. So I went with um, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a pretty Mm -hmm. well-known book. It's um, really, it's it's written for writers, but it's instructions for writing and life. And it's Mm. a fantastic book. It's like a productivity book. that's deeply compassionate and, you know, help can help people get things done, be accountable in a way that understands how hard it is to be 
a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living in the mess. I love that. I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> yeah. David. So um, I've, I thought about this a lot and it was hard to choose, but I settled on um, a book that I love, which is called the four agreements. Yes. Um, and, mm, and, and so, yeah. And this book, it's one of these books I just come back to time and time again. And it's just, it, it, I love books that give you sort of simple guidance for how to live a better life. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that, um, that book, um, always reminds me, um, of, of, of those things. And so yeah. I, I, I really, that, that's one I would definitely recommend to folks. Yeah. I love, I love the ones that are simple, but with such depth. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So David, what is one tool you can't live without and tool can be defined however you wish to. Um, so this is going to, this, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's actually my phone, but I'm, I'm going to, the reason why I'm going to say that is not because of, um, the technology that that's all here. I'm actually thinking of the telephone. Um, <laughs> when I was, when I was an adolescent, um, my family used to joke that they thought the phone was actually attached like surgically to my ear. Like I was on the phone as soon, as soon as I got home until I went to bed. And I think it just speaks like, I see it as just sort of a vehicle for connection to the people yeah. I love. And that's really important to me to feel connected to, um, to the people in my life. So yeah. that would be one that would be hard for me to be without. I love it. And nowadays we can bring it wherever we want with us. That's right. That's right. Love <laughs> it's the, not the, this huge brick. <laughs> that's right. It's not this huge thing. Exactly. The cord limits you where you can go. <laughs> oh. Marianne, how about you? Um, so the tool I cannot live without is pen and paper. Mm. Um, I think it could replace all technology. It, that's how we existed before. Um, plus, also for the process of, of writing, like my dissertation yes. was on writing, the therapeutic effects of writing. And there's just a different process when you put pen to paper, um, that pause that has to happen in your thinking, it slows things down. Um, and also pen to paper for sketching, which is one of my favorite mindfulness practices or um, journaling. So many, many things to do with pen and paper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I went the technology route. I got a remarkable, which now there's a Kindle scribe where you can write, and I love it. <laughs> so nice. Okay, Marianne, the best advice you've ever been given. So the best advice I've ever been given um, is from my children. So it's two pieces mm -hmm. of advice. Um, and the first is from my son when he was growing up and, um, you know, moving towards being a teenager and we had a talk and I said, you know, we're probably going to have some conflict and strife, you know, that's like normal as you like grow and develop just some, some sort of like talk like that. And at the end of it, he said, don't worry, mommy, trust the process and everything will be okay. <laughs> so trust the process. And then my, <laughs> then my other son, um, when he got to the age of, you know, around seven, when children understand the concept of death, he was obviously, you know, heartbroken and very distraught with this like developmental stage, understanding what that all meant and the finality of it. And at the end of that process, he threw his arms around 
my neck and he said, I'm just going to love you as much as I can. Aww. So those are the words I live by, <laughs> live by, Aww. trust the process, love as much as you can. I love it. Oh, David, how about you? Well, mine comes not from my uh, children or my child, but from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, two things from her. One, um, uh, I, I'm the type of person who would, who often takes on um, a lot and so I often, and then that, which leads me to a state of like overwhelm. Like I just get mm-hmm. excited. I say yes. And I, and I have more than I, I can really, handle, right. <laughs> so, it's, it, and so, um, when I would get overwhelmed, um, my mom would say to me, how do you eat an elephant? One, <laughs> one spoon at a time. <laughs> so it was just about like breaking it down into some like manageable bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was one. And the other one was just, um, just be yourself, mm, you know, yeah. like that's all you need to do is just to yes. be yourself. That's so, what the world needs. I love that's it. it. That's yes. it. Yes. Yes. Oh, David, Marianne, thank you so much for joining us today. Christina, thank you so much for having us. It's really been a pleasure. Yes, Christina, it's so much fun. Thank you. You're a lovely host. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, and of course, a thank you to our listeners as well. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Attend one of our upcoming programs. There are many to choose from. Simply go to dcatd.org and select chapter calendar to find out more. Love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 